GSA Radio where you are family. My name is Ethan. I'm chatting to Kelton Smith. He's a 23-year-old from After Film University, and we're going to be talking about his upcoming short film. It's called Blue Noise. So, Kelton, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm a screenwriter and director from After, as you said. Um, I'm currently doing my honours year at After, and uh, basically gay as F, so... Um, yeah, I basically spent my whole life trying to see if I could write gay stories and, you know, going to university has afforded me the whole opportunity to just tell my stories and basically that's me. Okay, so this film Blue Noise. Yes. Is it a project as part of your studies? Yes, so we're required for our honours year that we're supposed to make a 24-minute film. For our undergrad, we were supposed to do shorter films. We were supposed to do half that, so like 12 minutes, and then we had one that was 10 minutes. But um, for this one, it's a 24-minute film, and you have to write the story and like basically start from scratch and then make an entire film from that. Oh, so what's the film about? Uh, basically, the short film explores grief in its most essential aspect um, and specifically how that grief impacts people. More importantly, we see how people handle grief. So um, quite often it's the case where people are stuck in this never-ending cycle of where, they, where they're constantly in depression or they're angry about um, someone's death or they're constantly in the cycle of um, you know, betrayal and denial with regard to that. So in my film, there's a, there's a, there's a late 20s um, man who's now he's supposed to clean up through the possessions of his, um, his boyfriend after he's died. And so he has to clean up through his possessions because he's moving out of this house that they both share together. And um, in order to clean up, he has to go through, he has to rifle it through his possessions and eventually it becomes the point where he can't suppress these memories of his partner that they both um, sort of like built up over time. And uh, every item he tries to pack up, he's just bombarded with these memories that he's so unwilling to face. But that's the only way he can move forward. You know, that's the only way he can live, basically, is to actually accept those memories and accept that grief is something that we must all deal with and that is that is something that i think is quite prevalent in our current society and specifically in the gay community yeah okay so ready with your family my name is ethan and i'm chatting to Carlton smith he's a filmmaker from after you're streaming Gay Say Radio with your family. My name is Ethan, and across the table from me, I've got Kelton Smith. He's a filmmaker from After, busy working on one of his projects. And the film's got quite a gay angle. So how does this apply to the gay community? What Talk about the LGBTQ plus aspect of this film. Well, in our community, um, I think depression is such a major thing that often leads to suicide. Well, in any, in any situation, but especially with regard to the gay community. Yeah. Um, because obviously victims are never the ones who end up suffering it's always the people they leave behind you know especially when it comes to suicide um depression in the gay community happens so often because of social expectations because of families that are unaccepting and quite often depression is specifically linked to the death of a loved one um and i found that in the gay community when someone kills themselves because of depression i could sort of feel how the whole community sort of like takes a breath um as if they're waiting for the repercussions, you know, those repercussions being that people will commit suicide as well following that. Other people, the, the people they've left behind um, will commit suicide as well. Because depression is this vicious cycle that doesn't end. It just passes from one person to the next, to the next, to the next. So my story sort of speaks about how we mustn't let the death of a loved one become our lives. Um, and in the gay community, it's, it's just that aspect of like, we mustn't let the death of fellow gay people commit ourselves to the point where we, we can't carry on living, you know. So you have more to live for and death in any form, whether it's um, intentional via suicide or whether it's disease or natural causes, um, you can't allow that grief to take hold of you and ruin your life. Does this come from any like personal experiences you had? Yes, so I've seen quite a few people um, 
not not personally where I've encountered someone who's committed suicide. Quite a few of my friends have committed suicide and they've sort of spiraled down this drain and they don't allow that because I think with gay people we don't it's not like straight people where we we, we feel um a lot of sexual t- yes there is the sexual elements obviously but um because we can't really necessarily have children and whatnot you know gay people tend to feel more emotionally powerful than what straight people do and as a result of that they, there's this constant spiral of depression when people when other people are in depression and when other people commit suicide so it's like people kind of feed off each other's energies a lot in exactly the gay community. and that, that i think is the gay community in its entirety especially now that we're in pride month it's the fact that um, we have this connection as much as we try to negotiate around it. We have this connection to each other. And, you know, you get that, like, you get on Facebook where there's this people you may know and you you don't know, necessarily know who they are, but your boyfriend might know who they are. And it's like this this connection that somehow we're all connected to each other. And that's... And it's that thing you do where you look at their mutual friends and you're like, oh, he's gay. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like if you know there you have 80 mutual friends and yeah, you know, then you know probably, gay. <laughs> probably. Basically. Um, so do you think the straight community is going to find this movie interesting at all? I think so. The idea of the story having gay characters going through grief and heartache and turmoil is that it shows straight people that we also have feelings, you know? Um, gay people are still people. We're, right. we're humans, you know? Um, if anything, straight people are the ones who must watch this more than gay people. Because right. Gay people know the story. Exactly. Right. It's simply to show them that, that, you know, that there is a human emotion behind all of this, this homosexuality. It doesn't have to be a gay story. Um, it can just be a, it's a, human a story. story yeah. It's a human story. As long as anyone is open to the idea of learning something new. Gay yeah, so Radio, your family. I'm Ethan chatting to Kelton Smith. You're streaming Gay Say Radio with your family. My name is Ethan. I'm chatting to Kelton Smith. And we're going to talk a bit about the process of making Blue Noise. So, okay, you're a film student and you get given this project. You have to do everything by yourself. Everything. Filming, editing. Filming, editing. Um, so we're provided with the resources by our university, like, you know, like an editing studio and um, sound studio and music composition places that we can do stuff. But um, basically we have to provide the skill ourselves. We have to like do it all ourselves. And then our lecturers just provide us with input here and there on how it can be made better, basically. So like with the score, do you have to like, how does that work in terms of have to do to do it yourself? Do you like contact a music composer and get them to do it or like talk about the process so in my case i um i used a fellow undergrad who graduated last year with me but now he's not doing postgrad with me um he's now i asked him if he can help me so basically at postgraduate level we're allowed to source outside of after using only people who are after alumni right so as long as we've, we stick to people who have been through afters doors um but yeah so basically if in your case in the case that you just asked um the the scorer would be someone who'd have to have a clear understanding of how to create music but also have a clear understanding of how after works which is why they would be an after alumni right right so let's talk a bit about the casting process who's who's the main character how how does that how does that whole process work so casting can be done um either from our existing uh, actors that we have at after or which we call live performers or we can source from outside. So I'm currently still doing auditions for those. Right. Um, actually, I have an audition this afternoon for that. But um, basically, we can audition those, or we can choose from the actors that AFTA has available. I myself am choosing external because the age of my actors doesn't fit 
any of the after people. So yeah. What what kind of age are you looking for? So I'm looking for late twenties, early thirties. Okay. Around about that. So like slightly more mature. Yeah. And then, exactly. Like and then do you have to like fund this yourself? Have to fund it myself. Have to fundraise, find sources, you know, resources, find um everything. The only, the only thing that after we provide is the you know the equipment and stuff, and that's about yeah. it. Not the skill sets or the money. So like, do you have to pay the actors? Some af- some some actors are quite um, convenient in the fact that they accept that it's a student film, so they right. don't like they don't necessarily accept getting paid. Um, but in some in some departments, some people like getting paid, even if it's just like a small compensation, you know. Yeah. Okay. So it's like a, this is a hell of a project. It's a hell of a project. Essentially, my my lecturer narrowed it down. If um, without our without like fundraising or anything, our films at um, honors level are normally worth about 1.5 million. Good lord! So it's quite a. So is that like is that what you'd be for money being put into it, or is this like if you take into account all the equipment and all that? Yeah, so if this if this were done in the industry and not just in a in a safe space in a university, yeah. If this were done at a uh, you know at, at an industry level, um, the, the that's the amount of money that a person would have to cough up just to, yeah, just, to, just to make it 24. Because it, it's, it's equipment, you know, hiring equipment. Yeah. It's, it's renting out um, studio space. It's actors, it's, cro- it's, actors, it's catering, it's exactly. all the stuff. It's like, it makes you think about like the budgets that the big Hollywood movies must make. I mean, this is a 24 minute and usually like, I don't think there's much special effects. It's usually like a more, I wouldn't say simple, but like it's not quite as explosive exactly. or extravagant as like a big budget Hollywood movie. Exactly. But it makes you think like, what the hell must go into making one of those? insane yeah and mine is just a 24 minute film and it's it's really like taking up your life it's a short film and it's taking up my whole year basically <laughs> so yeah and that's why some movies are in development for like close to a decade sometimes like exactly. yeah. yeah okay so how far along are you with the film you know? um so the film premieres in november um at our universities they have an annual graduation film festival mm-hmm. um so people can buy tickets and um watch it but uh, currently, we're still in the early stages of the whole process. Um, we're only actually shooting the film at the end of July mm-hmm. slash beginning of August, round about then. Um, and then we have to re we have to edit it and put the music in and such. And that's when we have all our resources that we pull in. But right now, we're just trying to raise money at this point in time because so we're in the beginning stages, basically. How much money do you need to raise, realistically? Current, realistically, currently, our budget is sitting at around about thirty thousand. Okay. Which is pretty basic when you think about no, it is in comparison. It, it, it sounds like a lot of money, but then if you think about the industry, it's yeah peanuts. Yeah, look, we don't have to pay. Luckily, because we're at a university level, we don't have to pay for equipment or any of those yeah. things. Um, the budget that we have is just going towards like uh, you know getting permits for our locations and stuff that we shoot at, and um, actually just getting a bunch of props and you know just to be able to use in the film. So that's about it. But that's that's thirty thirty thousand right there. So where like. In what way are you trying to do the fundraising? Where are you trying to get the money from? So we're trying to see if we can get um, sponsorships from a bunch of places. We've started raffling off um, hampers, mm-hmm. as well as um, as well as like fundraising on the streets, basically. You know, Correct. like Luxkit, basically. That's that's about it. Okay, but if somebody wants to donate, how do they do so? Um, yeah, please do. Like, there's 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 different ways you can donate. Any donation and sponsorship helps. Right now, we have an email address and an mm-hmm. Instagram account. But the Instagram account isn't really active at the moment because we're still in the early stages. Right, so um, we we are yet to market and post anything, but we'll soon start marketing properly. So stay tuned for that, I suppose. But our email address is blue.noise.film at gmail.com. And our Instagram handle is 
at Blue Noise Film. And then you can just contact us there if you'd like to donate, if you'd like to sponsor any any form of donation, any form of sponsorship, regardless of how small it is, would help. Sweet. And then finally, just talk a bit about the film industry in South Africa. Like, do you think it's worthwhile for a young person to get involved studying this studying this course? Studying like, this course. Um, at AFTA, I would definitely recommend it. Look, AFTA puts you through a lot of shit, so. Um, but that's, I guess, the administration of any university. I trust me, it's it's the same everywhere. Exactly. There you go. But um, I, I feel like. Especially in the film universe, in my particular case, um, South Africa isn't a very big player with regard to the representation of gay characters. I mean, I remember when Stephen Delan had their first um, was like a, kiss, a gay kiss, like and it was like outcry. It was like it was out, exactly, and then it's like, even though they'd been on air for like years, like more than a decade, um, I'm just sick and tired personally. Um, in the film industry of seeing American films try and portray how gay characters are supposed to be portrayed. Yeah, and it's, it's always it's always very stereotypical. Exactly. Right? Be- the reason why as well is because they're taking gay characters and they use straight actors to portray them. Yeah. So South African industry has a vast... It's got a hole, and I think people are able to, you know, fill that hole with their talents and their skills as long as they're willing to do that. Um, because in the film industry in South Africa, we're very small compared to Hollywood and yeah, of course. all those places. But I guess it's also about the LGBT community needs to start, like, well, more people need to get, be getting involved in telling real stories. Exactly, exactly. Without um, without that stereotype underlying it. Yeah, but I think that's only going to happen when gay filmmakers and lesbian filmmakers make films. A straight person is never going to be able exactly. to make a truly representative LGBTQ exactly. film. It's just never going to happen. That's exactly it. Cool. Okay, that was Kelton Smith chatting to us about his film Blue Noise. Don't forget, hit him up, Blue Noise, on Instagram. Just search and give him money. Give him lots of money. Give me lots of money. Yes. <laughs>